Hello and welcome to East Lothian Libraries podcast. We'll be sharing with you what's going on in the libraries and what's coming up and we'll be chatting about different topics every week. We'll have lots of guests joining me, Louise the host, and we'll welcome feedback. If you can contact us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or you can email us at libraries at eastlothian.gov.uk. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to East Lothian Libraries podcast. Um, Today I'm joined by Sarah from North Berwick Library and we've got Dr Hanita Ritchie who is our resident local history officer at the John Gray Centre and who also happens to have a PhD in film and television studies. Hanita runs our local film appreciation club um, which has been running since 2015 Um, and on behalf of East Lothian Libraries Hanita is also involved in the film education in libraries project which is funded by SLIC. Welcome to the podcast Hanita. Hello Louise, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Good. Thank you for coming on. Um, Today the podcast is all going to be about um, film adaptations of books. So, to get us started, what is your favourite book adaptation? Hmm, that's a very good question. I can uh, say that my favourite adaptation of a novel is To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Um, It's just... Uh, to me, it's a perfect adaptation, and I'm sure we'll be talking about you know uh, how adaptations are different from the actual novels, and it's a favorite because uh, all the emotions that that were brought about by the novel was even more uh, apparent in in the film, and I think it's also because uh, the casting was really good. Uh, I felt Gregory Peck as uh, Atticus Finch was the perfect. Uh, person to play that role uh, and and every and all the other characters too so so that's why you know to kill a mockingbird uh it is my favorite adaptation and also because of the theme very good uh, and now what's your worst adaptation that you've seen now that's a tougher question there are some uh, movies that have been made based on books that to me are absolute rubbish one example uh, is the Da Vinci Code. However, to be fair, I would say the film is better than the book. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if you've read The Da Vinci Code. No. I'm sure you haven't. I okay. listened to it on audio right. when we were in the car going to France one time. Yeah. And I think I fell asleep quite a lot. <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's a quick read. You can finish it in, um, in one or two days. I don't know if Sarah agrees. Uh, but um, what's good about the film is it's got Mr. Tom Hanks in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what made the, the film really good. So that's one example. Uh, another one is um, The Great Gatsby, the latest version of uh, The Great Gatsby with um, the great Leonardo DiCaprio. Unfortunately, um, I've read that novel many, many times and it's just not right. I suppose you, you win some, you lose some. And another one, uh, the final one, I read The Girl on a Train mm. by Paula Hawkins and then I watched the film. I have to say Emily Blunt is a very good actress, mm. but that that film was, well, how should I put it? Uh, wasn't satisfactory. Yeah. I don't know if you agree. I absolutely agree. The Girl on the Train, I finally read it just mm. before I was going to see the film and I was bitterly disappointed with the film. That's right. What about you, Sarah? to change the whole location. I mean, the yep. whole point of the book is it's dark, it's gritty, you know, the, the alcoholism, the 
you know, getting on the train in London, just dark and miserable. And then they completely changed the location, which completely changed the feel of the book and the film. So, yep, no, like that at all. Yep, I'm in agreement with that one. The other one um, I thought was bad was The Lovely Bones. Yes. I really quite enjoyed that book and then the film came out and I watched it and I was just, again, it just didn't feel right. I don't think um, he was the right man for that part. And I guess you have to branch out and do like different roles and stuff, but I just felt it wasn't it wasn't right and I didn't enjoy the film at all um, compared to the book. Do you, Sarah, do you have a favourite one or are you like me with a bit... I always prefer the book to the film... Um, so I don't actually have a favourite? Well, if if I'm honest, it's a bit of a throwback, and I did see the film first, but I really enjoyed Fight Club. I and think people always forget that that's a book. Film, again, I think I have a, a bit of a theme, theme myself here. I quite like the darkness, the, the almost, it lures you in and you think you know what's going on, and then it twists and it just explodes. Um, but I read the book afterwards and was just as amazed. I thought it was it was just as well done as the film. And I suppose the, the characters as well, when you pull them into the film, you know, your Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and who's it? Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. And just worked really well and did epitomise what I thought from the book. So, yeah, that. Interesting. What about a worst one? I did think about this and... Um, I struggled. Girl on a Train definitely was very disappointing. But what if I throw out Twilight? Teenage years, come on. <laughs> yeah. It well, just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, no, I agree. I, I have to add, I, I did not read the books, uh, watched one or two of the films, but uh, my daughter Hannah, who read all the novels, um, and is quite a purist, also thought the films were... Hmm, I think we need to consider, um, I don't know if you've ever wondered why, why films, or rather, uh, why are books adapted into films? Have you ever wondered? Well, one of my questions was actually, why do producers buy the film rights to a book? Because clearly they think the book's a great book and they want to change it into a film, but then change the story and the plot and quite often the endings. Um, Yes. Um, I suppose... To answer that question, making a, a film from a book is, is, um, is a creative process, obviously, and it's one way of engaging with the story that, that was originally uh, written. And so, you know, there, the result of it, you know, the visual presentation of that story uh, may create different responses and, and emotions, and, and it allows us uh, to consider someone else's interpretation of a story or a theme or, or a character and, and then, you know, even reflect on the similarities or differences uh, to the original story. But some people will just want to go and see a film and enjoy it and like it or not. And, oh, is it like the book or is it not like the book? And a lot of people have gone to the movies and watched films that have been adapted into uh, from books but not realised that they are from books. Um, but... I guess one of the biggest advantages uh, of a book being made into a film is is seeing the characters come alive and and giving our imagination a sense of reality. So these producers, um, you know, feel that 
some stories are very marketable. It, it's all about selling, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. It is a product. Um, and um, was it was it you, Sarah, or or you, Louise, who said that the book was better than the book is always better than the movie? It was me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure Sarah would agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's a ve- that's a very most of the time <laughs> very common common uh, phrase. We always say, "Oh, the book is always better than the movie." Um, and you know, and that's because. What we are seeing, uh, you know, we are comparing to what we saw in our imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what a lot of people uh, need to realize is that when they buy these rights, they then have a, screen, a screenwriter. And so the books are first written again into a screenplay. And so the creative process, uh, as you know, involved in writing a novel, as opposed to the creative process involved in writing a screenplay um, are somewhat different Mm -hmm. and you know in terms of length in terms of how much time the writer can take uh, you know to to uh, really introduce the character to the readers and stretch out and show the developments as opposed to a screenwriter and um, so there is that that uh, imagination versus maybe practical choices like time and budget um, and of course um, you know casting who is a bankable actor Mr. Tom Hanks <laughs> for, for example uh, you know and um, instead of uh, instead of somebody that is that is unknown that would be uh, taking a chance um, and um, I suppose uh, you know there is also the danger of being too similar Mm -hmm. and they don't want that so a they have the rights b they want to show their creative uh, output and uh, challenge people in a different way and so the result is sometimes we say wow that was great like it you know like i was saying how much i love to kill a mockingbird as opposed to the girl on a train that was rubbish like 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 sarah said but it also uh involves uh, a person's gaze. In, in film theory, you have something called the gaze. So someone who has not read The Girl on the Train, somebody, not, not Louise. Louise found it rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, may, have, may have watched The Girl on the, on the Train and thought, oh, wow, that was thrilling, mm-hmm. etc. And we will look at her funny, mm-hmm. thinking, are you, are you serious? But you need to read the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that person's gaze. That's mm-hmm. that person's yeah. experience and, and, you know, whatever personal emotions and uh, uh, that, she, you know, experience that she goes through when she watches uh, the film. But to anybody listening, it's still a rubbish film. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is. So, so that's, that's why. Um, so what was I going to say? Um, what's different is when specific elements of, of an original piece of work, say a novel like a novel, um, is used to tell the same story or function um, kind of like a blueprint to tell a new story, an adaptation is born because that's what an adaptation is, isn't it? It's the reproduction of literature into another form uh, of display. And, um, and, and then, you know, it, it all depends on how we, uh, we interpret it and, and whether we enjoy it or not. So I want to share with you um, uh, a, a little bit, uh, uh, an anecdote uh, that I, I read up uh, on. 
So I don't know if you're familiar with the film The Shining. Yes. Of based course. on Stephen King's The Shining, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is the line, Sarah? Here's Johnny. Johnny. Right. So apparently, when uh, this film was first made, uh, Stephen King wasn't very happy at all. No. He didn't like it. And, um, and the film was made by the great uh, Stanley Kubrick. So Stephen King said uh, the film is like a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside it. And say, and he also said that Jack Nicholson, I mean, the great Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. was wrong for the part. Uh, the same thing happened uh, with the film Forrest Gump. And we, we, we are all now saying life is a box of chocolate. Not because of the novel, but because of the film. Again, uh, with uh, the lovely Mr. Tom Hanks. But the writer, Winston Groom, also was very unhappy because the film uh, was censored. It didn't have the, the same kind of uh, rough language and scenes of a sexual nature that, the, that was present in the book. So, but then these films scored so much at the box office and I think won awards, mm-hmm. didn't they? So Those there are you classics, go. classics, aren't they? You know? Yeah, well, they're considered classics. And then, of course, when you mention classics, adaptations again are divided into various genres. You have film adaptations of classics, very popular, uh, like Charles Dickens, Jane Austen, and then, of course, there are all the films based on Shakespeare's plays and mm-hmm. Tennessee Williams's plays, and I mentioned To Kill a Mockingbird, and then, of course, you have young adult novels that have been made into films like The Hunger Games. Uh, you mentioned Twilight, etc., etc. Oh, to all the boys I've loved before uh, on uh, Netflix was apparently based on a series yeah, of novels. Yeah, I novel. think a lot of people might be surprised to hear that that's exactly. based on Exactly, yeah. and Crazy Rich Asians, for mm-hmm. example. And then, of course, lots of children's books have been made into uh, films, most recent being Cruella and, of course, Peter Rabbit. Um, and then you have the popular contemporary novels, um, you know, and even that is broken up into drama, romance, horror, thrillers and comedy. And then you have the biopics, the biographies that are turned into a biopic. And what a lot of people don't realize are non-fiction books that are adapted into mm-hmm. movies. Can, can you think of any? There's one, and I now for the life of me can't remember what it's called. So recently, uh, you all know the film Nomadland mm-hmm. won every award, right? But what a lot of people don't realise is that Nomadland was based on a non-fiction book by Jessica Bruder, which the director, Chloe Zhao, adapted into a screenplay, and she won an award for that. And then, of course, we all remember Alan Turing, The Enigma, with Benedict Cumberbatch, and that was also a non-fiction uh, book. And then, I don't know if you all remember, produced by Oprah Winfrey, The Butler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was also based uh, on a non-fiction book, an account by The Butler, A Witness to History by Will Haygood. And then I'm sure everybody knows Eat, Pray, Love yeah. with Julia yeah. Roberts. Yeah. That was also um, non-fiction. Slumdog Millionaire is a good mm-hmm. example because that was uh, apparently not uh, a fiction book. The King's Speech is another award-winning film. And um, one of my favourites is uh, All the President's Men from Ooh. 1973, starring the very one. handsome Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> that was written by Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward, the two journalists that um, exposed the Watergate scandal. And then, of course, they played, you know, they played all these handsome current actors to play. And it was a success, the film. 
and um, a harrowing one, Schindler's List, based on Schindler's Ark by Thomas Keneally, and The Theory of Everything. Everybody loves oh, Ed- course, Eddie Redmayne, yeah. which was based on Traveling to Infinity by Jane Hawking. Mm-hmm. So we, we just go to the movies and we enjoy it, and oh, we, we, do, we yeah. learn something. Yeah. Absolutely. Although, I'd, when you're talking about um, going back to producers buying the film rights and changing the story and stuff, I do quite like it when I see that the author of the novel has been a part of the film and, you know, helped write the screenplay as well. Because I feel they've had more of an input then. Absolutely. One very good example is Harry Potter, isn't it? Harry, oh, absolutely. Harry Potter, Sarah. I think J.K. Rowling had a massive input on that, didn't she? Absolutely. She was very much involved. Of course, I, I suppose they, they employed other writers. But imagine, uh, again, that coming back to the question that, that Louise asked, um, why, why, you know, why did they adapt? And why is it different when you adapt it? Because imagine, we, all, we are all familiar with the Harry Potter books. So one book would translate to maybe a five-hour movie. So, mm-hmm. you know... But they had to condense it and then stretch to make the the other series. So that's a very good example. And 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 yeah. Argument in with some books that you might read, and when you hear they're they're taking the rights to make it a film, and part of you wants to argue tooth and nail to make it more of a five part TV series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. One good example is uh, Normal People. Can you imagine that yeah, having been made into a film? You know, it's a small book, but to condense that into a film would be really, really, really difficult. Mm. Um, which actually brings us on to the next question. Um, about is there an advantage to adapting a book to a series rather than a standalone film? Um, I would think so. Um, again, I think there is... It's similar. If you adapt a, a piece of literature uh, into a miniseries or into a film, I think the whole point is for these filmmakers um, to engage with the audience in a different way, in a visual way. And um, the, the writers, you know, we read books and the authors uh, tell the story, you know, through the words and we use our imagination. And, and of course, the narrative is controlled by who is tell, whoever is telling the story, whether it's omniscient or whether it's a, a, a someone speaking a first-person point of view, um, etc. And, and then we make our own judgments. Now, in film, they will tell the story and then the director and the director of photography and the writer will create these visuals, these frames, uh, and in many ways, that's their way of manipulating us psychologically. Um, and then they bring in sound, um, especially music, and all sorts of things uh, to, to sort of um, make us feel. It's the special effects. Sometimes we feel scared uh, because we see a shadow that they show, or the music. Or um, I don't think Dunkirk was written, or was based on a novel, but Dunkirk, we all know that film, Christopher yeah. Nolan's Dunkirk. Um, won so many awards for sound because when I went to watch it, I don't know if, if you felt this way, I realised at the end of it, it was the sound that was making me feel stressed up and tense and, you know, and not even the, the sound of the shooting guns, but the music that accompanied the, those guys in the water and in the air was the sound, was that music. Mm-hmm. So there are very they will do different things to create uh these feelings for for the audience 
and the authors uh, use words. So so there. Mm-hmm. So that's um, coming back. What's the question again? <laughs> Is there an advantage to adapting a book to a series rather yeah. than a film? So yeah, I suppose it's you've it's, got more to play with. I suppose if abs- you make it into a series. Well, yes, and it's about creating pleasures. Uh, we we love books, right? And we get a lot of pleasure from reading novels whether it's for escapism whether it's for knowledge and it's great and and we use our mind's eye to imagine it but in films we actually see somebody else's uh, sort of visual interpretation um, of it and it it just creates a visual pleasure Um, or not or you know we think it's rubbish but like Sarah was mentioning mentioning Fight Club she liked it so much that she went and and read Chuck Palahniuk's book Mm -hmm. Am I right, Sarah? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went the other way around from what we normally do. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it. There's so many films you might watch and not think of it coming from a book. I mean, I know being a Netflix and Amazon Prime generation, there's so many TV shows that I will stick on and watch and won't realise that they've come from books. I mean, even um, Big Little Lies, yes. I didn't realise that yes. was a book. Did you not? Leanne Moriarty. I know, but I don't really read her. (laughs) Oh, she's so good. I love her books. Best-selling, yeah. Big Little Lies, yeah. And uh, Little Fires Everywhere on Amazon Prime. I've still not got round to that either because um, I haven't read the book yet. I feel... Well, that was one of the questions. Um, Do you have to read the book before the film? Or TV series? And personally, I don't know about you, Sarah, but I personally off watching something to read the book first because I want to in my own ha- head have my visualisation of it and even though if I know who the actors are I t- still can visualise my own little adaptation of it but then I'll go and watch the film and see what they've done with it. Uh, absolutely I-, I think it's a personal choice there are some people who will refuse to watch a film until they've read the book and um I think that's that's absolutely fine because you want to know what the story is originally about, mm-hmm. how it is set, what's the the in, the original intention, etc. And and like you said, Louise, you create, in or it is created in your in your mind, you know what you see, what theme, what feelings, and you hold on to that, and um, and then you watch it in the movie, and then then you decide, yeah, and then then what we normally say is oh the book was better, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are lots of people who don't have time to read and they find that that's a quick way of, of you know, uh, finding out something, uh, you know. All, it's all about stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they get a story and, and some relaxation or escapism uh, from it. So, yeah. Well, like many of my decisions are for going to see films can be based on what I thought of the book. And, and sometimes it's, a, it's not even a negative way. For example, P.S. I Love You. Hmm loved that book i sobbed my way through that book it was so emotional so i refused to go to the cinema to see that film because i knew i would just if it was anything like the book it would just be at my heartstrings the whole way through so i waited until i could you know take it on dvd <laughs> so that's a film that i've seen but i've never read the book Me because too. i don't think i could bring myself knowing how i felt through the film and the emotions I don't think I could put myself through a whole book worth of emotions. <laughs> so I've just never, never got around reading that one yet. 
yeah, I suppose we have a, it's like having a relationship. If you have this relationship with this particular book, and we have relationships with so many books that we've read in our lives, and you're happy with it, and you, you don't, that's your, your little bubble, and you don't want to lose that. Um, and uh, yeah, but a lot of people uh, also know that these actors, when they are taken on to, to star in an adaptation, they, they end up reading the book, they, you know, just to, to sort of maybe help them. Um, and yeah. Now, I wanted to draw attention to the classics. The classics seem to be a favourite. People always want to go to the cinema to watch the classics. Recently, we had Emma mm -hmm. with Anna Joy Taylor. And um, it had lots of good reviews. And we've had Emma previous to that, which I thought was really rubbish and starring Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I didn't like that, but this one was really good. But another favorite of mine is also another recent film by Armando Iannucci, David Copperfield. Oh yeah. With um, Dave Patel. And what is special about that is that we've seen so many film adaptations, the black and white version, uh, etc. But here is Armando Iannucci coming up with a diverse cast and some people may not like that and will just say oh Charles Dickens didn't write a book to feature you know um, uh, you know somebody uh, from other cultural groups or ethnic groups but Armando Iannucci is here again it's, it's the word adaptation is adapting it to reflect um, society today uh, mm -hmm. in, in the UK where there, there are diverse communities and we all live together and have relationships, etc. So it's not so much a pure take-off take, take off of uh, David Copperfield, but uh, a today's version, and, and they're all wearing uh, period costumes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and so, so that makes it exciting uh, and, you know, very much, uh, you know, it's past high time to, to make films like that. And it can still be enjoyable. I don't know if you both have watched it. It's hilarious. I haven't. And it's got the great Tilda Swinton in it. And it's so funny. So that's, that's something I recommend. Um, and um, of course, you know, there's Shakespearean adaptations. And all, when, when you're studying English, you know, whether it's at A-levels, O-levels or at university, you know, they always want to watch the film as a quick solution mm -hmm. to, to reading a five-act play, you know, of reading Hamlet, etc. So there's loads of these Shakespearean adaptations uh, with Mel Gibson playing Hamlet with, um, what's that, what's that gentleman, um, what's that actor? Um, he, he played the recent Poirot uh, film oh, version. Ken, yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. Branagh has also done that, so, so yeah. There's, there's so many of that. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Would you agree, or do you agree, with the film of a book being included in the school curriculum? So rather than us all having to sit and read, as you say, Hamlet, Macbeth, being allowed to watch the film version? Um, I always think the whole point uh, of learning English or English literature is to read the text. The book is a text and um, the films are already being used for a very long time now in schools 
teachers are are you know uh, having sessions where they watch these films uh, for enjoyment and and to see again um, adaptations. So in in a way, it's already part of the curriculum. Uh, and and I think they do film studies at school as well now, especially I don't know in the sixth form, etc. So I'm sure that um, there would be some films uh, in in that curriculum already. But we we need to also realize that the book is a text, but the mm-hmm. film, a film is also a text, and um, so if you introduce it into say an English lesson. It's also kind of like comparing texts, but I suppose it also helps, especially when they're studying Shakespeare, isn't it? To try and understand these languages and to see they they're not watching the play, so if you can't watch the play when you watch the film, it's like mm-hmm. it's like they're not watching somebody on stage, but it gives them some kind of a visual representation and and what's important is they hear this language. Uh, being used when you're reading it i mean the, it's it's all it's shakespearean english uh to be or not to be that is the question and you're thinking what is this but when you see somebody reciting the soliloquy to be or not to be that is the question and in in the in the context in a setting uh of of a of a courtyard or or a castle in you know it makes it more meaningful so um yeah i I think um films should be uh, included uh but you know to supplement uh the books mm-hmm. yeah that that's what I think and and that's being done already yes absolutely and I think I think the idea of, of supplementing it actually is is where I would go with it so so to have the two versions and as we discussed earlier you know sometimes watching the film will encourage you to read the book or mm-hmm. vice versa and then having the ability to to comment on the differences and where the filmmaker took it would probably be quite an interesting thing to see kids doing these days. Absolutely. Also, um, if they like the character or if they like a particular theme, and I'm I'm sure we've all experienced this, when you go back to the book and you start reading the book, you get, in my opinion, a fuller experience of getting to know the particular character, the, the complexities, the experiences, and, and the theme of, of whether it's love or, or, or revenge or, or, you know, diversity is stretched out and you, you get a, a richer experience. Did you, did you feel that with Fight Club, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Fight Club's not exactly the, the longest book. Um, so the film certainly made it made me want to read it. Whereas if I'd just seen the book, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Yeah. Um, but knowing the, like seeing the intricacies in the film, and I just I wanted to see how you would portray these kind of things in the book, and yeah, that was the reason I I picked it up. So I have a question. Um, so when you read the book because you had seen the film. Were you imagining Brad Pitt and Edward Norton as you were reading? Yes, <laughs> I was. That's, that's, see, that's the downfall. But I, I was going to mention this earlier because I was disappointed with Harry Potter because those were not the characters I pictured in my head. Mm, that's interesting. 
I know. Yeah. But when I first watched the very first Harry Potter, and this was quite some time ago, and read the books even longer ago, um, yeah, the visions I had and the characters I had created were, were entirely different. Don't you think the Dementors were great, though, and Voldemort? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying the films were bad in any stretch of the imagination. I, I enjoyed them as films, but they just weren't the same. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that, you know, that that's also the advantage of having read the books mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that personal uh, experience. Did you yeah. picture yourself playing Hermione, Sarah? Is that the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not smart enough to be Hermione. <laughs> I mean, why not? We live vicariously through these characters. Exactly. I, I wanted to be Ginny. I see. Oh. I would have been one of them working with the dragons. I can imagine you being one of those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you want to ask the next question? Mm-hmm. So, go back. Um, oh, we've kind of answered this one, I think, because it's the last one that's on my list. Um, do you think film adaptations encourage people to read the books on which they are based? So, as we said earlier, doing it the other way around, seeing a film and then going, oh, it's a book. Do you think people are more likely to pick it up? I don't know. I've not heard, you know, a lot of people say that. Some people who are voracious readers who like to read anyway, um, you know, do that uh, out of interest. And um, they, you know, they pick up a book because uh, they they want to know, oh, how, how was it? I think, Louise, you said that, or, or was it you, Sarah? Well, yeah, no, I did that in in terms of, well, just the the Fight Club example again, because I saw the film and thought that was mad. I was like, how on earth would you put that down on paper? So that's that's that was me anyway. But a lot of people sometimes um, don't want to read the book because they know the story. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many books to read. It takes away your ability to imagine your own characters, yeah. in a way. But... As an offshoot, a slightly topical one, actually, because Urban Welsh is coming to North Berwick for Fringe by the Sea, but have either of you read Trainspotting? Yes. No. yes. And, but did you do it before or after you saw the film? Um, I read Trainspotting a long time ago, in the 90s, uh, before I came to Scotland, and there's my lovely Scottish husband who said, oh, you've got to read this book. And of course, at that time... I thought, oh my goodness, the language, etc. And it was hard for me to comprehend. And then, of course, when I eventually came to live here, um, I understood. And, you know, the socioeconomic context, the political context. Um, and then only did I watch the films which I thought were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, they couldn't put in everything. But I think they put in enough key things uh, in train spotting. Um, it's a big hit, as as you know. So so yeah, that's a that's a good um, that's a good example. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking as well because of the language. I yeah. mean, if you read, uh, well, train spotting, filth, things like that. Yeah. He he writes it how how we speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even I had you have to get into it. You yeah. know, you can't just sit and pick it up for a page or two. You have to get into it to, to read through, I think. Yeah. Um, but it was fantastic. It, yeah. Um, it, it was, and I didn't understand it at first. It wasn't until I came here. 
that I figured it out. I wouldn't really be surprised because I think even myself and Sarah probably, it's almost like maybe translating in mm. your head quickly while you're reading because mm. words are not necessarily how we speak. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, you'd probably have to translate a, a little bit in your head what the words are. And for yourself, it might be a bit trickier not necessarily understanding Absolutely. some of the words and what they meant. And so the film was... the did. You didn't have to do that no, with the film. No. And it mm. makes the film more marketable as well across the world, uh, as, as we know. Um, yeah. 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 So what makes a, what would you say make, makes a book ideal for a film adaptation? That's a very good question. There are various elements. Um, I, su- I think what we notice is when a book is on the bestseller list, you know, where, regardless of the genre, whether it's for children or uh, young adults or classic or you know the non the the popular contemporary fiction, immediately people think, and then we hear this. Oh, you know, I need to buy the rights to that movie, or that's going to be made into a movie, guaranteed. Um, you know, uh, well, Da Vinci Code for, for you know, for, was one example. Although you know we we didn't like it. Uh, the Godfather series, that's Mario Puzo's masterpiece. Uh, and then of course Sarah mentioned uh, Fight Club and all the Stephen King films. And and a Dune coming out soon is by Dean Kuntz. It was made previously and it had Sting, but now it's very much anticipated because it's got Timothy Chalamet and all the Hollywood um young up uh, you know stars. Upcoming stars. Uh, a- absolutely, and um, so I suppose it's the popularity of the book. Um, it it depends on the budget. Hollywood is is always you know up for their big blockbusters and and you know and and how much revenue they can uh make from it but then there are lots of independent filmmakers and companies not just in the uk and in america as well as in europe and in other parts of the world that pick um obscure novels and 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 make them into film because they want to tell a story Mm -hmm. uh whether it's about a woman or whether it's about a man or whether it's about the environment or whether it's about race uh, relations and in some cases not in some cases in many cases this is now or has been happening a lot on television we mentioned normal people uh, right and um, and in, in many ways they, they could stretch out and show the complexities of the character and, and one of my favourite series of novels is uh, by the Italian writer Elena Ferranti uh, mm. my brilliant friend her Neapolitan novels and I love, loved, loved it so much. And um, a very famous uh, Italian filmmaker by the name of Paolo Sorrentino got involved and involved Elena Ferrante and they've made a TV series. Um, and they've shown two seasons and I, I think, you know, they're continuing to make it. I'm hoping that post-COVID, you know, we'll be able to see the next bit. But it allows for so many uh, episodes uh, you know, and, and again, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, show, it doesn't tell the whole story. But, you know, again, the, the filmmakers have to pick and choose. And a lot of the big screen filmmakers are now going into television. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Big Little Lies, for example, Sarah, as you said, um, look at the big Hollywood stars that are, uh, you know, uh, starring in it. And these Hollywood filmmakers are now making TV shows and bringing, you know, cinematic uh, effects um, to, to the small screen. And, uh, and it's working. So, you know, 
we, we're still getting those visual pleasures from the TV as well. So, so yeah, I think it's what's marketable and I suppose what's current. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They just recently um, turned the um, Knots and Crosses books by Mallory yes, Blackman into right. a series, which I actually, I did really enjoy. I really, really enjoyed those books when I was younger. Absolutely. Um, I think it's I important as for well. English at school and it was nice to sort of relive it yeah. as an adult, but in yeah. TV series, but I really enjoyed that one. Absolutely. Well, I mean, on the other hand, is there is there any book that you hold too precious to be adapted mm. for fear of what they might do to them? That just came into my head there. Yes, that's a very good question. Um, I think you know, there there are there are books that that we hold dear, and we have our own, you know, interpretations of them, and and sort of. Our imaginings of the characters in the scene. Um, no, I my first love is literature, but but because I I also understand um, film and the artistry in film, um, I I think that in to quote the great director Ang Lee, um, there is nothing that is not filmable if that's a, even a word, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again because it's an adaptation and an interpretation. I think it can be made into a film, uh, you know, any any books or or a play or a nonfiction as as we have established. It's just a case of whether it will be good or not good. Mm-hmm. And again, that depends on who's watching it and whether it's successful or not. Um, but again, I think what's important is to highlight the word adaptation. It is an adaptation, so it's based on. Or you know, loosely based on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I think that's important. So no, um, I don't want to be precious about the books because you'll always have that relationship with the book that you read. That's always going to be your your favorite uh, book. For example, Pride and Prejudice is my favorite Jane Austen book, like many people. But I hated all the film versions because I felt now nah, that's not Elizabeth, not Kira Knightley, and no, that's not Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. But I, but like many people of my generation, we love the uh, what is it the 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 TV version with, with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. That's like yes, that's the right, uh, you know, uh, coupling, and uh, those are the right actors. So we'll we'll always hold on, to you know to what we love about our books. Um, and films are new kid on the block. Films only came about at the beginning of the 20th century. So we need to give film a chance. But, you know, and not lose our relationship with books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, well, I mean, as you're saying, films and, and TV shows are, are a new, a general, relatively new concept. So they are obviously still going back and finding things that they can now adapt and, and put on the screen for us like i mean most recently the bridgerton series i mean yes i had never heard of that before neither, and neither now I. I love the duke absolutely and you know apparently it's based on a series of romance novels and of course by i've never julia quinn, quinn. Yeah. by julia quinn and i've never read them but no. um i think what what i think um you know the 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 series did was really catapult uh, the whole uh, book series into um, well uh, t- towards well, a bigger audience. The series is about twenty years old. Actually, I'm sure. It was is it? 
I looked at it recently and I'm pretty sure it's 2000, maybe the first one, but don't hold me to that. That's a that's a very good example, actually, uh, Sarah. It may not be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, some people may think it's light and some people may think, oh, you know, romance. But I think the, the series adaptation is, um, is very important because uh, of the, again, the diverse cast. And, um, you know, that I heard somebody say, oh, how can you have a person of color play Queen Charlotte? That's not true. But if they look at history, so I'm wearing my local history hat on now. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is well researched because the real Queen Charlotte was definitely a mixed race person. Uh, she came from Portugal. And then um, I also attended a talk uh, where uh, they talked about the black history behind Bridgerton, about the famous boxers and famous uh, businessmen, etc. Uh, and, and so on. So they did, they did try. And so um, I guess that brings us to the point that adaptation is also important mm -hmm. uh, for, the, for the purpose of history and, and, uh, and for the purpose of uh, today's history as well. You know, when you, you are creative and, and do something like David Copperfield and have a diverse cast. Mm -hmm. And it creates a discussion, doesn't it, like we're having absolutely. today. It absolutely. brings everything to the fore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I would encourage everybody to have an open mind. Just have an open mind. And, um, but at the end of it, you can decide, oh, no, that's not for me, which is fine, which is fine. We like what we like. Yeah. yeah, and we're all entitled to our own opinions absolutely. on books and films. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I think that's us for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Hanita, and thank you, Sarah, for co-hosting with me. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. I've had a very good time. Please ask me again. I will. Definitely will. That's great. I'll think of another subject to talk about. Absolutely. More on film. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> another <laughs> version of films. Yeah. And um, I, I'd just like to plug uh, the other... Uh, East Lothian Library's uh, podcast here, which is Haddingtonshire Histories. And that's about the history of East Lothian, hosted by yours truly. Thank you, Louise. Oh, thank you, Anita. See you later. 